with their environment and avoid conflicts and tension and preserve things as they are to resist whatever could upset or disturb them. Oh, wow. It started recording, recording on its own. That's nice. Um, so this is a nine. And today we're talking about peacemakers. We're talking about Matthew 5. Um, the next beatitude that we're in is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So when I saw the word peacemaker, I was like, boom, Enneagram. Um, and I was like, everyone will know what the Enneagram is, but obviously I was wrong. No one knows. Um, <laughs> um, but that's a nine. And so nines are driven to make peace. Um, and they desire peace and they want peace and they'll be, do anything to get that peace, even sacrificing their own peace in order to get there. And so for a peacemaker, an Enneagram nine, who's more leaning towards peace, um, this beatitude in Matthew 5 Nine, which says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. It might be like, oh, check mark. I can do that. Easy peasy. But actually, if we dig a little deeper into what a peacemaker actually is, it's not as natural as maybe someone who leans more towards peace may think it is. Peace is not natural to us at all um, because we are not peaceful people because we sin against God all the time. We rebel against God and we sin and we drive this wall of division between us and God. Um, so there's a lot of division and hostility there. Um, so we're not peacemakers, even if we think that we are, um, it's against our nature. Um, peace is not something that comes naturally. Um, so when we look at this, this passage, blessed are the peacemakers, we have to ask ourselves, what is a peacemaker? Um, so when you guys think of someone who is a peacemaker, what comes to your mind? Mm. Yeah, someone that kind of like gets along with people. They don't like. They probably don't get in a lot of fights. Yeah. What else? What What comes to your mind when you think of a peacemaker? They're walked on a lot. Mm. Yeah, they're walked on a lot. Why are they walked on a lot? They want so badly for everyone to like them or like each other or. Mm just for everything to be okay Hmm. that sometimes they don't even realize that they're the ones being taken advantage of to get to that place of harmony yes yeah peacemakers are usually overlooked it's not Mm -hmm. like like they're the ones if you're naming these are all the people that were there someone who's a peacemaker Hmm. like you often forget them too just because they're quiet and if everyone's getting along they don't feel the need to intervene and Mm. they're just satisfied to be part of it yeah peacemakers are often kind of like in the background yeah they're more quiet yeah yeah so that is a peacemaker someone who lives in harmony with others usually very humble um kind of kind of steps aside um and like I said, peace doesn't come naturally to us because we rebel against God. But God is the ultimate peacekeeper because he crossed amazing borders in order to um, reconcile himself to us. He sent his son to die for us so he could bridge the gap of hostility between us and God um, and cover our sins and, and basically like bring us from death to life. He is the peacekeeper and we model after him. Um, so a peacekeeper, they want reconciliation. Um, they want unity. They bring peace with them everywhere they go. Um, they probably are very encouraging to talk to. Um, they don't do, they don't, um, hang around people that gossip. They don't participate in gossip. Um, and they want to do all this because they know that God pursued peace with them. So now they want to pursue peace with others. They know that God came to them when they wanted nothing to do with God and he crossed 
seas and oceans in order to show them his love for them um, and to bring peace into their world, um, that they now take that peace and they want to pursue that with other people. Um, So we have to ask ourselves, what is peace? Um, And what will bring peace? And the answer to that biblically is the gospel. The gospel is peace. The gospel will always bring peace. Um, Why does the gospel bring peace? I think like whenever you're apart from God, you don't have peace. Hmm. Or you may think you have peace. You may think that you're pursuing peace, but really you're not because you're not pursuing God and God is peace. And when we're separated from him, we're separated from that true like um, place where we like get peace. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, ex- that's like the perfect answer. We're separated from the like ultimate peacekeeper. So of course we don't have peace. Even if we're thinking that we're pursuing peace, we're actually not. Yeah, and the gospel's like the door like to God, hmm. and that's how we get our peace. Yeah, yeah. if you don't receive the gospel, you like when you die, you'll not experience any peace. You'll experience the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And so being safe from the wrath of God is peace. Um, we don't have to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be punished for my sins. We get to think, oh, I get to live forever with God and be at peace because Jesus has cleansed me with his blood and paid my price to be here. Um, turn with me to Ephesians 2 real fast. This is um, a passage that I think is super helpful in understanding exactly how God brings peace into our lives when we know him as our Savior. So it's Ephesians two eleven through 22. Um, I'm going to read it, and then if you guys could just think about how this passage describes us before Jesus and how it describes our life after Jesus. So just have that in your mind, before and after Jesus. All right, starting in verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumc- called uncircumcision by which uncircumcision, sorry, by what is called the circumcision, which made in flesh by hands. Remember that you are once at a time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth, commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Jesus Christ, who you were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, he and he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Wow, that's so good. Um, So how does this passage describe us? before Jesus. How does it define our life? We have no hope and we're without God in the world. Mm. Yep, we are without hope. There's no God. No hope of a future after life. The word strangers really stands out to me. We are strangers, aliens. How else does it describe our life? 
we were also separated and far off. So when we put all these words together, we think of, okay, I was, it also tell, tells us that we were in the flesh. Um, so we're in the flesh. We are separated from God. We are alienated from him. We are strangers. We have no hope. We are far off. And we have this dividing wall of hostility between God and us, which is basically just sin. Sin drives this wall between God and us, which we talked about last week. Whenever you're living in unrepentant sin or whenever you're not a believer and having given your life to Christ, of course you don't feel good close to God because there's a dividing wall of hostility between you. Um, so all these things, does that sound peaceful? No. no, no, not at all. Sounds rather unpeaceful. It sounds <laughs> miserable. It sounds like the worst place to be ever. And um, God, rather than looking at us and thinking, these people, I've done everything for them and they still turn against me, rather than just staying on his side of the fence, he crosses the fence through Jesus Christ, sends Jesus, in, like God in the flesh, to cross over the dividing wall of hostility, to break it down, um, to like basically put Jesus in our place and then bring us over to his side and completely abolish that wall of hostility. Um, So now our life after, we are called citizens, right? This passage calls us citizens, um, members of the household of God. We are near to God. We have access to God. Um, We are the dwelling place of God. When you give your your, um, faith, when you give your life to Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. And that means that God is within you. So you are now the dwelling place of God. You can't get any closer to God um, unless you were dead and literally in his presence. Um, But God is in you. He's around you. He's guiding you. There is no hostility, right? So God totally is the best peacemaker ever because he crosses amazing borders in order to bring us back to himself. So the gospel brings peace because without it, we are at odds with God. Um, we are we are not at peace when we don't know Jesus Christ as our Savior, but we are at amazing peace when we do know Jesus as our Savior. Um, so God is the ultimate peacekeeper, and I keep saying that over and over again, but he is the ultimate peacekeeper. Um, so we already talked about what a, an unpeaceful person looks like, and a, well, actually, we didn't talk about what an unpeaceful person looks like. So I'll ask that question. Um, what does it look like to not be at peace? I mean, I think you have your very obvious not at peace, right? They, they go against the grain on everything. They don't, you know, make their... That we all we all know what that is, right? You know mm. what it looks like. But the other thing that's not a peaceful person is a person who's finding peace not in the Lord. Mm. And it's like it's like peace. It's not real peace. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if they find peace in like, you know, I just feel the most peaceful when I'm doing a bath bomb and you know writing my little mantra for the week, or mm. you know. And right now in our world, a lot of people find peace when they elevate themselves. Mm. And you know, I'm never saying that it's a bad idea to take a fun bath and whatever, but they seek after this inner peace, inner peace, inner contentment, yeah, inner wonderful stuff, and it's just toxic. It is. (laughs) That's not real peace. It's fake peace. And if it works for a weekend, great. It's not gonna last till the next weekend. You're right. So, um, Mm. right. You you also see those people and they're the ones that are like I just don't understand my life is awful and everything is great the next day right so they mm-hmm. go up and down really really fast because they find this temporary relief and then they lose it and they find it and they lose it and they find it and they lose it so they might they might not seem like unpeaceful people because they're really really striving for 
like a calm life and enjoyable things and being content and like not rubbing against the grain. Mm. But they're so not peaceful Mm. because they've chosen the wrong thing to find peace in. Yeah. Yeah. They've looked inside themselves to find peace. And anytime we look inside ourselves, we're just setting ourselves up for failure because we are not enough at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all goes, like, I mean, it all builds upon what, each other, right? Like, yeah. we started out, we are we are spiritually depraved. So why in the world would I look to myself for hope if I'm spiritually depraved? Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. I have to look to the one who is holy and mighty and his love doesn't change for me. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way that I will experience true, deep peace. Mm-hmm. Um, my bath bomb will just go away it'll go down the drain literally yeah and then i'll just be back to being stressed and anxious and not at peace unless i go to the lord mm-hmm. yeah yeah um a peaceful person is also marked by love right so we think of a peaceful person and they they're humble and they're usually in the background and um they're okay with serving and they want to love people um and they have a desire for people to know the gospel because if you understand that the gospel is peace and you look into someone's life and you see that they are not at peace, they're using their bath bomb to try to find peace. Rather, they're like led by compassion. So a peacemaker who knows the ultimate peacemaker wants to bring the ultimate peacemaker into the unpeaceful person's life um, out of a heart of love. Um, so turn with me to Romans 12. We're just bouncing all around today. You kind of have to bounce all around when you're dealing with a verse that's only like 10 words long. Well, and we, <laughs> like, we're bouncing around in the New Testament. This is everything that came after that one. So, yes. so this is all the explaining of that one huh. little. Yeah, that's a good. Too. This is like the everything lived out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Romans 12, 18 through 20. Yes. Okay, who would like to read Romans 12, 18 through 20? I can read it. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, 12, 18, 12, Okay. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Did you read the next verse too? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Awesome. Um, so the reason I bring this... Um, verse into our lesson today is because this is a picture of someone who is peaceful with all, right? Um, Because it's not easy to be peaceful with everybody. There's a lot of people out there that are really frustrating to be around and that wear you down and that maybe say things that are terrible to you or about you behind your back. But the peacekeeper who knows the ultimate peacekeeper wants to love even those people. Um, But Obviously, sometimes it's impossible to live at peace with someone that doesn't want to live at peace with you. So what does Paul say about living at peace with, with all? What does he say before he says, live at peace with all? What's well, kind of like the disclaimer before? Is, is that like the answer in like verse 18 where he says, like, if possible as much as depends on you? Wait a minute. Yeah. 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 That is, is that yeah. the disclaimer. <laughs> that is the disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Paul's disclaimer here is if at all possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. So do everything in your power and your might to live at peace with everybody. But also, there are going to be some people out there that don't want to live at peace with you. They will say bad things about you. They will maybe not want to forgive you for what you've done. Or maybe they're just a little 
prickly around the edges, like I like to say. Like, prickly. A little oh. prickly. That's and, a lovely way to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you're still going to do your best to live at peace with them, even if they refuse peace back with you. And why do we do this? Because God does everything in his power to leave, live at peace with us, and it works and strives and chases us down to pursue peace with us and never gives up. So therefore, we are supposed to call, we're called to do the same as well. Um, so do your best, live at peace with everybody. But sometimes it just doesn't work. So what does Paul tell us to do when it just doesn't work? What do we do with the people that we're trying to live at peace with? Do not take revenge. Yeah, not take revenge. <laughs> Don't take it into your own hands. Yeah, and revenge doesn't always look like aching their house or scratching their car or popping their tire or you know sometimes revenge looks like you're in a conversation and you're just talking about the person and someone makes a comment about them that's a little snarky and you kind of laugh that can be revenge Mm -hmm. that's not a peacekeeper that's not living peacefully with all um and so revenge can look like all sorts of things uh what else does paul say about living at peace with someone that is hard to be at peace with and all of verse 20 yeah. says, if he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, he'll heat burning coals on his head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so if any of you have ever been in customer service of any kind, <laughs> when they're really, really mad at you, they get so much more mad when you're like, absolutely, I can absolutely take care of that for you. Except we don't have any tickets available in that section at the moment. The best I can offer you is the two sections below or whatever. No, I want Or if you're doing cupcakes, I wanted a pink cupcake. I'm sorry, we're all out of pink icing, but I can offer you red, orange, or purple. That might be close to pink. Or like, they get so mad, they get so frustrated, and you just like dump the frustration back on yeah, them yeah. with all of this. And at that point, you've done everything you can, and it's really on them. Yeah. To just be nice. Like, if you're out of pink icing, there's no pink icing. If the food coloring's gone, if the truck hasn't come in, like, there's no pink icing yeah. anywhere to be seen. You can't fix it. Yeah. And you've done your best to live at, to be at peace with them, yeah. but it's their choice. You've now. offered them everything you can. Yeah. You've tried everything. Like, yeah. And we, so my favorite part of this is, um, it is mine to avenge. I mm. will repay. Because as humans, we really just want justice. Yes. Yeah. We want the people that hurt us to be taken down a peg. Maybe not to like be super, super hurt, but like I always used to say, just want her to step on a Lego. I just want her to experience <laughs> some temporary pain that's not really going to hurt her. It's just, just going to... Just want her to be, you know, mad for a yeah. little bit because she, she made me mad. Um, and the Lord clearly says he's going to take care of that. Hmm. Not that he's going to dismiss it. Not that he's going to forget about it. Not that he's going to push it aside and be like, just get over it. He's He will take care of hmm. what needs to happen, right? Because whatever they did to you was sinning hmm. or whatever you did to them was sinning. And so the Lord will take care of it. He's yeah. not just going to set it aside. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe that's the selfish, sinful human part of me that's like, there's going to be some justice? Okay, well yeah. then I'll just, you know, I'll let him do it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and God's justice is always so much better than our justice. And I even, like, I think of, like, the things, like, you're, like, someone hurts you, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, okay, God will, like, he'll handle it. Not like you're wishing God to do something bad to them, but you just no, know no. that his justice is so much better. And then I even think a bit about this like on a bigger scale of like like things that like happen that like maybe I don't know. I think of like my friends that have like gone through like sexual abuse mm-hmm. and like that's wrong and God hates that. Yeah. 
Um, And they can find so much freedom in knowing that God is the judge, that he sees all, that he knows all, and he's the ultimate judge that sits on the throne. And it's not theirs to avenge, but it's God to carry that out. The other thing I like about this is it applies to me too. So Mm. it's not just like if you hurt me, it's not just that you're going to be hurt, right? Mm. If I hurt you, it's coming to me also. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think too much into this, but it's humbling to know that the Lord will deal with anything anyone has done wrong to me. He's also going to deal with me yeah. in those ways. Yeah. So it's not just that he's protecting me. He's mm. protecting everyone, and I am the, the problem. I am the not peaceful person in yeah. somebody's life in some situation. So he's also going to take care of me too. Mm. Yeah. Which makes me want to be a peacemaker all the more because yes. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, because he'll, he'll even hold you accountable for the way that you react when someone does something bad to you. Because he's going to be like, well, like Jesus died and was flogged and crucified. And yeah. he still prayed for those people and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So why did, like, why did you retaliate? You know, like that's, we're going to be held accountable for the way that we react. Not like we can't be forgiven, but there's definitely accountability. Um, that was off the topic of your question, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I love when we go off topic. Um, so, um, yeah, so I think of like, um, the people in our life that have sinned against us or have said something bad about us, um, which I know like most of you in here that has happened to you where you've been hurt by someone or they've like talked behind your back or you just don't get along with them. Like that happens. Like I, I know that happens to like all of you guys. Um, and what Paul says and what Jesus says is that um, we take care of those people. We care for those people. Um, we pray for them. We overcome evil with good and that's what a peacemaker does it sees evil and it wants to overcome that evil with good you heading out yeah sorry okay bye riley bye have a lovely saturday yes doing whatever it is um so but also disclaimer because sometimes there are definitely situations where um you should not like you should you should pursue peace with someone in your heart but fit like but like in real life it is okay to remove them from your life yeah. um so i'm t- i'm talking like big situations like abuse um emotional abuse verbal abuse physical abuse um someone in your life who is like toxic like so toxic you know you shouldn't be around them i'm not saying that a peacemaker is someone who like goes and like wants to be best friends completely reconciled to them in person mm-hmm. but we should pursue peace in our heart um and still love not like love that person in a way that Jesus would love them, even if that is from afar. Um, so why in the world would God call us to love the people that deeply hurt us? Why would he require that from us? I think, like, one reason, which, is like, probably isn't, like, the only reason, is just because that is what he knows he would do. Mm-hmm. And it's a way that we can, like, translate his, like, attitude towards us to, like, other people so people can, like, see it instead of just being told about it mm-hmm. like we can actually show them that it is possible like there is a god out there who like forgives those who like really sin against him um and yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's exactly what god would do for us mm-hmm. um, it did do for us. It, uh, yeah it's what <laughs> he did do for us um and every single time that we sin we hurt god deeply i think of the story of hosea right where god commands this prophet to take a prostitute as his wife as a picture to the Israelite people that every single time they sin against God it's like a wife cheating on her husband and the husband's still staying and loving his wife but time and time again 
she's cheating, she's sleeping with other men, like how deep that would hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet, like Hosea stays and God stays with us. um, But like, and he pursues that peace anyway. So even when we are deeply hurt, we're still called to pursue peace with people. Um, But obviously, um, being a peacemaker is not always easy. um, And we can totally be a peace faker. So you guys like that? A peace faker? Yeah. 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 What do you guys what do you guys think is a peace what do you guys think is a peace faker? You say one thing in person and you do other things behind their back. Yes. Yeah. Or you smile to their face and in your head you're just thinking terrible things about them. Right? Yeah, what why is this actually not peacekeeping or peacemaking? I think because like it's kind of a lie because you are showing peace, but you don't have peace inside your heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't actually feel those things about the person. You still have that, like, anger and bitterness inside your heart. Hmm. So it doesn't really work. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And who sees our heart? God. God. Yeah, we talked about that last week. The heart, out of the heart flows the springs of life. So if, like, the heart, we can hide from everyone else, but we can't hide it from God. God searches the heart. And then eventually, whatever's in our heart, it comes bubbling out somehow. Yeah. Somehow through a word, through a laugh, through a snarky comment. Um, through just completely blowing up. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just completely blow up because I've been holding something in. Um, whatever we store in our heart always comes out. And even if it never does come out, even if we can hide it from the world, hide it from God, hide it from that person that we're mad at, God still... I mean, we can't hide it from God. I take that back. Yeah. I was like losing my... As much like, as we think we can hide <laughs> it from yes, God. Yes, as much as we think that we can hide it from God, we can't. He knows everything. Um, so being a peacemaker means that not only you're pursuing peace in real life, but you're pursuing peace in your heart. You don't want to be a peace faker. You don't want to talk to that person and feel so much anger in your heart. You want to talk to that person and feel love towards them, even if they have hurt you, done something wrong against you, or you know they're talking bad behind your back. Um, so yeah, peace faking would be like talking, like if I was mad at Andrea for something she said to me, it'd be like me talking to her this morning and be like, oh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. How's Luke doing? And then getting in my car and being like, oh, oh. she's so horrible. I don't yeah, pounding my steering wheel or thinking in my heart about the fact that I want her to step on 10 Legos when she gets home. <laughs> 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 and one day she might. Yeah. <laughs> a little boy, we'll see. Yeah, the day is coming. Because uh, yeah. again, we are all, the ultimate peacemaker doesn't just like, when we come to him and pray to him, he's not like, oh yeah, you know, you're, you know, like pretending to be peace with us. And then like when we stop praying, he's like, oh, I'm so tired of them. Like, he thinks peacefully about us all the time. He never stops pursuing peace. He's never a peace faker. He's always a peacemaker. So, therefore, we're supposed to model that as well. Um, and God can see straight through our peace faking. Um, so, that should terrify us, and we should take it seriously. Um, and the enemy would love, love, love if you held a grudge against someone and kept it in your heart um, because it builds a wall of hostility. Um, Andrea, I have a feeling that you have something to say. I always have something to say. <laughs> you may speak. Um, to the last verse here, and you might get to it because we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I've been living in Genesis for the past like year. So, mm. in Genesis, what? I was in Genesis this morning, and I was like thinking about that verse too. Yes. It's so good. So good. Um, so right before Cain kills Abel, and right after Cain's sacrifice is unpleasing to the Lord, the Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Is- well, you- Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Mm. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So mm. this this thought of do not be overcome by evil, like 
it's a real thing. And the the phrase, he's crouching at your door, like, if you've ever watched a cat or a lion or a tiger or anything that crouches and pounces, like, they're ready. They're not just, like, hanging out with their Twizzlers outside the door, like, are you coming <laughs> out yet? Like, no, they're, like, ready to go. The second you show weakness, the second you drop the ball, yeah. the second you hold a grudge, mm. it's coming for you. Yeah. And the more you let it in and the more you let it, you know, fester and stay, and the less that you seek peace and I mean you see that so easily with Cain he drops the ball immediately and he slaughters his brother in the field and obviously hopefully none of you are doing that to the people that are frustrating you in your lives I hope not but you know as simple as oh my gosh she shouldn't have got the A I should have gotten the A or Mm. you know she why is she getting a new car like I do all this work and she does nothing it's all given to her and like Mm. why does she have a boyfriend I don't right even little things like that or you know she she never gave my pen back or she still has my t-shirt or whatever like that's not peaceful mm. and little things like that satan uses to build and build and mm. build and twist your personality and change the good things about you and twist the gifts that the lord has given you into this overwhelming overcoming evil yeah it's awful yeah and it can slip in so easily mhm mhm and because yeah. Satan is so good at his job, like God's great at his job, and he is better than Satan ever will be. We already know the ending. God wins. But Satan is also good at his job. Mm-hmm. It cannot be underestimated how good he is at doing what he's supposed to do. He is sneaky. He is conniving. He is subtly, yeah. You know, he, he's so good at finding the places where you are weak or the one thing that you'll cave for and exploiting it. Yes, yeah. And so, you know, if your thing is these pens and you just love these pens and if anyone touches your pens, it's the end of the world. That's me. Right. <laughs> um, I'm just, everybody's using a pen. Um, <laughs> I right? love my pens. And then if someone asks to borrow a pen, you're like, are you kidding me? This is my last pen. This is my backup pen. This is the pen I use when I forget my pen. And so I have the pen that like, and you start this, uh-huh. right? Even something as innocent as, I really don't want to share my pen, can become awful. So, I don't know. The, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I yeah. Know, I just think about yeah. how how ready Satan is. Oh, for sure. To just get you. I was reading in Genesis this morning, too, and I was thinking about, because I was like, I had like this lesson in my mind and then also like reading my devotion and um it's like a heavy chapter in genesis but it's the chapter where um dinah is her name dinah d-i-n-a-h which story it's it's the woman um the woman that gets that gets raped by someone maybe i'll go find it you keep talking um but anyway this this woman she is at this time, like, there, if you were walking out by yourself um, and you didn't have anyone accompanying you, you were kind of seen as, like, free game to the men in the, in the town. And so she's out by herself, and she gets attacked by this man, and he, like, forces her to, um, like, have sex with her. And then her brothers find out, and they are so angry. They, like, they, like, devise this plan where they, um, like, kind of, like, tell these guys... Um, um, to do like they pretend to be on their side and they make them um, do something and then they come in and they totally wreck their city they kill all their men they steal all their women they plunder all their houses and so as I was reading that I was like this is a perfect example of like something that was so evil and then they 
turned around and did evil back and actually like did even worse really because they they killed more people and they took women and they plundered houses and they destroyed lives so they over they took evil and did evil rather than taking evil and doing good um yeah Dinah. yeah um but yeah really like heavy chapter but a good reminder that like retaliating with more evil is never the right answer especially as a peacekeeper as someone who knows the ultimate um peacekeeper um so anyway off topic again but sorry still good oh don't apologize it's good um all right so last part i um as I was like preparing this, I was thinking of this passage in Matthew ten thirty four. You guys can turn there if you want to, because um, my mind is always looking for not not like the Bible ever contradicts itself. But in my mind, I all like I always am like looking for ways that the Bible maybe doesn't make sense. That way, I can know for myself and I can know for others. Because you know sometimes people don't believe the Bible because they're like, well, it doesn't make sense. It contradicts itself. Um, so this is Jesus himself talking, Matthew ten thirty four. Jesus himself is talking, and so at the, we keep telling, telling each other that Jesus is peace, that God is peace. Um, so then what in the world does this mean? Um, G- Matthew 10, 34, I do, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. What the heck, Jesus? What does that even mean? You just told us that to be peacekeepers, and you said that you're not going to bring peace to the earth. Um, so it's like a contradiction right what like what could that possibly mean um and then he goes on to say that whoever loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me that he is going to divide father and daughter and mother against her daughter-in-law and and all this stuff but lots of division um so this passage kind of reminds us of the reality of peacemaking right so jesus does bring peace to those who receive the gospel but those who don't receive the gospel, they're still on the other side of the wall of hostility, right? So, of course, there's going to be division between them and those who have received the gospel. Um, so this is not a contradiction. This is Jesus saying the reality of peacekeeping until we get to heaven is the fact that when you receive the gospel, you get peace. But everyone else that hasn't received the gospel, they might not like you because you're going to have different views than them. You're going to say different things. Um, you're going to tell them that they're a sinner and that they need Jesus and people that don't have a soft heart that are ready to hear that, they won't like that. Um, so the gospel brings peace to those who receive it, but to those to those who reject it, they're not living in peace as much as they think that they might be. So automatically that creates division. Um, does that make sense? Cool. Because I was like, what the heck? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so we should never stop pursuing peace, even with those that reject the gospel. Um, So all these Beatitudes build upon one another. So how can we connect peacemaking to the rest of the Beatitudes? I mean, the one right before, pure in heart. Yeah. If your heart isn't pure, if your heart's got, you know, a grudge, and if it's got, you know, frustration and anger and Hmm. malice and deceit and all these things... You're not going to be peacemaking, right? You're going no. to be peace faking, as yes. you say. Yeah. Um, and if you go to the one before, if you're not willing to show mercy, hmm. you're not going to be peaceful. If you're not willing to, you know, if you're not, um, what's the one before it? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. If righteousness and the good things of the Lord hmm. and the, you know, the Lord's plans aren't on your mind, you're not going to be peacemaker. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you can take them all the way back, but yeah, the things before it, if you don't have them, you can't be peaceful. good at being peaceful yeah 
You can be good at faking being peaceful. Mm-hmm. You can be good at faking anything. But if you're not good at all those things before, being peaceful is going to be even harder. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it, it connects so closely to the pure in heart um, and just the fact that we have to have a heart that is set fully on the Lord in order to um, to be peacekeepers. And we have to be merciful in order to be peacekeepers. And we have to know that we are no good on our own unless we have Jesus. So the Beatitudes are awesome. They all build upon one another. We, all, we, need, we need every single one of them. Um, and God works them in us. It's not us mustering by our own strength these qualities, but it's the Holy Spirit working within us. Um, so the, the last part of this, the peacemakers, they shall be called, called sons of God. Basically, it just means if like you are a daughter of the king, if you a son or daughter, I don't know if anyone that is a guy that listens to the podcast, but if you're a son or daughter of the king, then you are the peace, the ultimate peacekeeper's child. So you should be a peacekeeper as well. Um, because we know the amazing love that God has for us. He would do anything, and he did do everything to pursue peace with us. And now that that makes us go pursue peace with other people. Um, and this can even be taken into, like, um, just, like, the things that have happened um, in our country recently. Like, we can fight for justice. We can pursue peace um, with, like, across, like, ethnic borders and, um, like all like peacekeeping has so much more to do with just like our everyday relationships. It has to do with like the entire world on a global perspective. Um, so, but until the day that we meet Jesus, there will always be division on earth just because there will always be sin. So we can look forward with great hope to the fact that one day we'll be in heaven and there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more division. There'll be no more gossip. There'll be no more wars or um, hurtful things. It'll just be us and the ultimate peacekeeper hanging out forever. And it's going to be amazing. Um, and that's all I have. Does anyone have any comments or thoughts or things that are on your heart? Cool. All right, I'll pray for us. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you that you are a God that is so big and merciful and mighty, um, that you are so powerful, um, and we are not any of those things, God, um, but yet you look at us and you love us, you love all people, um, and you are willing to cross any border, do anything um, to pursue peace with us, even though we did not want peace with you. Um, Lord, I just pray for these girls today. Um, Lord, would you surround them with your love? Would you remind them of who you are? Um, would the gospel just completely um, take over their life? Would they just see the implications that it has for them? Um, that there's nothing that they can do to get you to stop loving them um, and pursuing them and chasing after them. And would they just churn and pursue you as well? Um, help us come to a greater understanding of um, what peacekeeping and peacemaking looks like in our lives, that we would pursue peace with all people and um, go 100% in our relationships um, and just seek your wisdom in all things. Would you just change our hearts, God? Um, I know for me, I'm I'm so prideful and selfish and it's so easy for me to hold grudges. Lord, would you just soften our hearts and my heart and teach us how to be a peacekeeper like you are. Um, Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.